Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to DA Rockstars. Jules got to sit down with Linda Harvey virtually and talk everything masks. I know you guys all have the same questions and I think Linda does a great job covering what we need to know about N95 or the equivalent mask in the dental office with the current guidelines. So I hope you guys enjoy and take away as many pearls as I did. It's time to organize the chaos with Zen. All dental practices run into the same problems. Ordering dental office supplies is a mess. Running out of products, no budget, and price comparisons that take hours. With Zen, dental supplies management has never been easier. Go check them out, www.zensupplies.com. Well, hello, dental assistant rock stars, and with everything going on today, I know there's been some questions and concerns about the mask on our face that we are going to be wearing, and today I have Linda Harvey of the Institute of Dental Compliance, and I thank you for taking time out to educate all these dental assistants. They have all these questions about masks. What are the right ways, wrong ways, how many, what do we need, you know, um, all these questions that we need to get um, answered, and I thank you for taking your time with us today. Well, I'm so happy to be with you, Julie. Information is changing so quickly. I look forward to helping your dental assistants and all of our teams with everything. It is. So you, um, before we got on, you said there were some changes with the update of the CDC. So as of yesterday, I think, right, or the 27th? Yes. So yesterday, OSHA published something new, specifically okay. for dentistry related to COVID and PPE, and then earlier this week, or maybe it was last week now, who, the 24th around there. <laughs> who knows? Dates are getting confusing. Um, the CDC, was, I'm sure it was last week, published you know, some updates for us as well. So yeah. what I'd like to talk about this morning is this new information from OSHA because it's specifically um, on a page that is for dentistry workers and employers. Okay. And, it's rec and it re recaps a few things about how we were been called to close our offices you know, since back in March. Right. And we perform the you know, emergency procedures right. like we've all been doing. And now that we're opening up uh, this great page, and I'll send it to you so we can put it yeah, up on your I'll page. Yeah, I'll link it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talks about dentistry works with tasks associated with different risk exposure risk, and we know that. So OSHA, this OSHA page outlines the low, medium, high, and very high risk. And the very high risk are performing aerosol generating procedures known, with known or suspected COVID-19 patients. So at this point, we are working very diligently to, you know, triage those individuals out so we don't see them. Right. And if someone with COVID-19 had a true dental emergency, they would have to be treated at a higher level facility, you know, go to the hospital and be treated there. And perhaps maybe at this point with, with the use of teledentistry that our doctors could make a diagnosis and do some triage or, you know, palliative right. care remotely until they can get over the symptoms. But then we come to the high risk. So we wouldn't see the very high risk, but the high risk are um, entering a known or suspected COVID patient's positive room in the hospital, providing emergency dental care, not involving aerosols to a high risk patient and performing aerosol generating pro um, procedures on well patients. That's the one that's gonna pertain to us, performing aerosol generating procedures on well patients. Right. And that puts us in the high category with OSHA. So with that being said, now they go on, and I haven't truly digested the whole information here. Right. They go through just like OSHA um, does, uh, pardon me, CDC, and talks about engineering controls or administrative controls, safe mm -hmm. work practices, 
but when it gets down to PPE, Julie, they delineate it between well patients and patients with suspected or confirmed COVID. Okay. Now how do we know, you know, with universal, pardon me, with standard precautions, we treat all patients as if they're contagious. So, right. so where do we draw that line? Do we automatically dump everybody into suspected patients? Well, hopefully we're able to, um, you know, triage, like we said, and get folks out that are exhibiting signs and symptoms or have been traveling. Like in your case in New York, if right. you were to have um, family move up or someone come see you and they've been in and around New York City, or their loved one has worked in a hospital in New York City, you know, right. then you would say, okay, that person's probably a little more suspect just because of what they've been doing in the past two weeks. So if we put patients in that suspected category because we don't know for sure, then it definitely talks about having the NIOSH certified disposable N95 filtering face piece respirator or better. So they say disposable. So does that tell us that it's one per patient when we can't even get our hands on enough? Probably so. Mm -hmm. Then with the well patients, the, any dental procedures that may or are known to generate aerosols also, same thing, you know, the gloves, the gown, the eye protection, which includes face shield or goggles. And then again, the NIOSH certified disposable N95 filtering face piece respirator or higher. So no matter what you're doing, unless it's a well patient who has no aerosol generating procedures, OSHA is saying we should be wearing the 95 respirator mask. Okay. So even before they were saying a level three with a face shield and goggles underneath, which I would probably wear if they fit properly. Um, they're not saying if we're generating aerosols now, it's just the N95. Yes. Yeah, so, so let's overlay CDC and OSHA then because CDC did tell us that to wear the highest PPE available, which included the 95. And if you couldn't buy one, right. then use the level three. So that was the alternative. But now OSHA has taken a stronger stance and says, you know, you know, for any well patients, any procedure that generates aerosol should be the respirator mask. Okay. Now, that being said, we know there's a shortage. So let's talk a little bit about that for just a minute. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is where we're, we're learning all about these new things with respirator masks. And we'll put some pictures yeah. up and everything on the website or Facebook page and really have some good resources. So the KN95 masks are respirator masks that are made abroad in China right. and Asia and different places. So Right now in our country, we have permission from the Food and Drug Administration through what's called the Emergency Use Authorization to, uh, to use these you know, other masks that are not manufactured here and do not meet our NIOSH certifications. Okay. Or NIOSH approval, rather. So NIOSH is the National Institute of Occupational Health and Safety, and that organization is tucked up under the CDC. Okay. So, and that's different than OSHA, and it's different than... Um, you know, this is all the different organizations. So NIOSH is the group that puts that stamp of approval on surgical, pardon me, on N95 mask. However, if we go a step further, there's not just a surgical mask that we've been used to wearing. And I'll hold one up and, you know, as if we were going to be seeing one, you know, just a re right. the regular old level one, two, and three, right? Right. It's not, it's not, that's a surgical mask and that's got to be FDA cleared. So we buy from reputable sources that have that. Absolutely. Yeah. But then when you look at how these two overlap, NIOSH and, F and the Food and Drug Administration, there's a part of this, you know, if you took the overlapping circles, the part in the middle is where you would find a N95 surgical respirator mask. Surgical meaning that it's got the fil uh, fluid filtration, fluid, fluid resistance, excuse me, that um, would protect them like a level three has more fluid resistance than a level two. Okay. Only now, this N95 mask that's a surgical mask, or called surgical respirator mask, has both of those capabilities built into that 95 mask. 
And that's what we have a shortage of. In an ideal world, we would be able to purchase whichever size mask we need. Right. For example, we need the regular or we need a small. Mm -hmm. Most of us have just been clamoring to find any kind of mask. We're not even in tune to the fact that whatever you buy may not fit all your team members. Right. Right. So. And talk about, because this was a lot of issues, we just can't, as assistants, we just can't be thrown a mask by our boss and said, here, put this one on. This is what I've purchased. What is the process that we should go to make sure that, one, their investment that they're investing in this PP is going to be used correctly to protect what it's supposed to do? So what is the process that we should be that we need to go through right now and are there any loopholes because certain things might be on back order yes so when you think about respirator protection we're that puts you squarely having to follow another osha standard and right. that's osha's respiratory protection you know standard and that standard is what we're going to talk about now that standard requires that you have a respiratory protection plan or policy in your office. When do you right. need it? Why do you need it? And going through, you know, what's what's available in your office. Two, the team members that are going to be expected to wear these masks, whether it's voluntary or not, most of people, most folks are going to want to wear it, right? Right. Or mandatory. And so that they have to have a medical evaluation, Julie, to be sure it's medically safe for them to wear the mask. I don't know if you saw this story, but there was a, a nurse, and I forget which hospital the nurse had worked in, but the nurse had worked all day wearing an N95 respirator mask, got in their car, and mm -hmm. was driving home with the mask on still, and got into a car right. accident. Right. And that's because your breathing, your heart, and your lungs are taxed. Even healthy people that work out are going to have an issue with it because we're not used to wearing it all day long. So we're going to have to, like you said, go slower with the schedules and use these and make sure they fit properly. So after those three things, those two things rather, the third thing is to have some training. What, what do all these terms mean? What's a fit test? What's a medical evaluation? What is a user seal check? And then um, just understand how to don and doff these masks. It's very different. Because right. the last thing is then you have to go to a professional who's trained, like you and I have taken the training, mm -hmm. or yep. experienced because they do this for a living, like an occupational health uh, specialist, nurse or physician, and actually have the mask fitted to you to be sure it's the proper mask. We can put it on, we can put the straps over and think, oh, it feels like it's okay, but we don't know for sure. Yeah. So there's several things that have to happen and they right. put it on, they do right. some different checks and then they put a hood over your head. So don't panic. I know you're, everybody that's listening is thinking, oh no, I don't want to, oh, no. Yeah, no, it's got a big opening in the front so you can see your person that's doing it. Right. And they spray either a bitter solution or a sweet solution to be sure whether or not you can smell it or taste it. And if that, if you don't pass that, that means that the fit of the mask is not for you. Right, absolutely. So those things have to happen. The medical evaluation can be online. I think I told you we're gonna be offering it online. Yeah, I can't wait. Then. So I can, yeah. So, and it's quite lengthy because I took it through that other company and mm -hmm. I was surprised. I felt like I was getting a life insurance policy about all the questions they were asking me. And it's just, I mean, there's a lot of questions that it deals with your respiratory in your lungs. And are you a smoker? How long have you smoked for? And, you know, do you get winded coming upstairs? And all these things that you don't think about with your breathing that I was like, do I? Don't I? Wow. I can't just put that on my my face. And I've never, I haven't even worn one yet. And I was still like, I was starting to get anxious just thinking about wearing one because I was all these questions that were going on. But 
And then at the end, they're like, oh, you passed. You can, you know, get the fifth test now. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay, phew. But I what really happens if you have team members that might have respiratory issues or asthma or any of these things that, you know, are happening, you know? Let's, let's go into that question a little bit more. So when you, when our dental assistants take that questionnaire, as you mentioned, it's very extensive. The first mm -hmm. part of it, didn't you find it was more like, was like any medical history in a dental or, or medical yeah. office. Mm -hmm. But then it really went in depth, as you mentioned, Julie, to your respiratory health, your lung health, smoking, and also asking a lot of detailed questions about the environment and circumstances that you're going to be wearing this respirator mask. Right. Are you going to be in a humid environment? Well, in Florida, it's humid, but we're working inside, so that's a controlled environment. Right. Uh, will you be wearing this with other PPE? Yes, and you had to tell them what PPE, like the face shield and a jacket. You know, I put right. lightweight, but I wrote lightweight, um, you know, cover jacket. I forget how I phrased it, because it was pretty lightweight, considering winter coats in New York, right? Right, absolutely. And then they asked, um, do you work in a confined space? So some of you might be kind of chuckling yeah. right now, because you feel like your operatories are kind of small. Oh, but right. You a full doorway and maybe two way going in and out. So it's not really a confined space according to what I would expect OSHA to think of, you know, with other industries, for example. So those may, those may be some questions that could kick you out if you don't answer them properly, but just as well, just as your other, other questions. So if you pass, then you get your certificate right away, like Julie and I did. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't, then within 24, 48 hours, you're speaking to one of their licensed medical professionals that will then counsel you to let you know what the next steps are. Right now, I don't know what the next steps are because I don't know anybody that's failed yet. We haven't launched right. it, but we've right. all passed. Well, and hopefully our team is honest. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know my full team members' health history. I mean, things that would affect their job, but maybe there's things that they don't want us to know. So hopefully, maybe you have a, a closet smoker. I mean, or a closet vapor. I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, these are things we have to be honest when we answer that thing because I don't need people passing out chairside or walk by their room and they're passed out or they feel like they're going to get lightheaded because they're wearing something that really it might affect their health and not do the right thing for them. Oh, yeah. It's all about doing the right thing for them. And that's totally number one. And then when you think about our behavior, that's going to cascade to the rest of the team. So if you mm -hmm. fall out, you get sick or you, you know, faint and you got to take a few days off now, now you're kind of out of the mix and you're not going to get paid probably for sick leave at this point. Who knows? But you just have to think about the cascade of events that happen from not meeting the requirements and being honest on those and doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And you've got great, you've got great dental assistants on your page so, and you're following. So they are. Yeah. Awesome. They're, they're trying. And, and, and I, we were just talking about, you know, doing the right thing and it's hard. And so one of the issues they brought up was, are they reusable? And what do you do if they buy a machine or say, oh, we're going to do this way to reuse them? What, as you know, one that works in infection control, what would you talk about with that? Okay, where I'm taking everybody now is the collaborative conversation. So that way we don't have the dental assistants thinking one thing, the doctors thinking one, the owner doctors, the employee dentist, and then the hygienist all in their own camps. So it's all about, and that's why we're here today because we're always, we're all collaborative. Mm -hmm. Right. So collaborative conversations. So if a doctor comes in and found this great new device that they're going to purchase and now they're going to um, sterilize them, the, the mask, you can't sterilize it. You may only be sanitizing it. And you probably have seen and heard the news stories of how they've been doing that, just so you've used New York City as an example again, or even one of our hospitals here locally, Julie, I was talking, texting rather, with the head of compliance a few weeks ago, 
a colleague of mine, and they're using a, a, a medical grade uh, ultraviolet light that they use to sanitize other things in their hospital setting to sanitize those masks. And that's all interim for this time. I'm suspect that they won't be doing that once the crisis dies down and they don't need the mask you know, as much as everybody needs them now. Right. So I would say at this point, it may not be wise for the doctor to invest, you know, multiple thousands of dollars at this point, giving everybody's financial situation. Rather, it's better to just invest in the mask now. And what we can look at is go back to the CDC guidelines and look at um, the OSHA now guidelines or the OSHA standards that talk about you know, using a face, a surgical mask when there's no aerosol generating procedures. So the doctors can certainly wear, you know, a level two mask even when they're checking hygienist. Because the difference between a level two and a level three is not the filtration because they both have the same, same filtration, it's the fluid resistance. Mm -hmm. And for a hygiene check, we don't need level three. So right. level two would be one. Whereas in the past, we might say, oh, level one would be good. But now we're trying to be more cautious. So to talk to the dental assisting team, is when there's anything happening that you don't need a then 95 then switch out masks for something else like a post-op check or a new patient exam or something along those lines okay otherwise they're probably going to be disposable um and, right uh, mm -hmm. yeah um so in in the in the event the the dental assistant gets a mask or you know the team member gets a mask and they're not fitted properly let us know like what do you think could happen from it not fitting properly what are some repercussions that we should be aware of from them not fitting properly because the, the purpose is not to get any aerosols and and mm -hmm. protect you but what could happen besides them maybe getting if a patient doesn't realize they have covid and no signs or symptoms they could get that but also you know what could happen if it doesn't fit properly well, what could happen if it doesn't fit properly? Let's, let's go over, like when it does fit properly, it's tight over your nose and your cheek and your chin. So when you're breathing, you're breathing exactly through the mask. So if you're not able to get that seal, which is what we're looking for, the seal, because mm -hmm. every time you put on a mask, you're supposed to do your own user seal check, meaning you're just double checking to be sure that you've got it pressed down and it's all tight. So if you can't get that seal check and you, and you, and you fail the, the fit testing, then one, hopefully the doctor can find some different masks for you, maybe through co-oping. We know a lot of doctors that maybe one doctor's buying a thousand and they're right. splitting it with other offices. So, so quickly mobilize with our online, you know, connections, you know, within the community and other dentists and see if they can buy a different brand uh, or smaller size or different size that could fit you. Right. But if then you would, you probably would, I don't know, Julie, if you would even be you know, would you be any better than if you, you know, because of the gaps in a level three mask? Right. Maybe a little better, but I, scientifically, you know, I don't know how much better you would be. It's so, probably better to wear 95 anyway, just in case with the face shield over it, than to revert right. to level three because there's a lot more gaps in it. Now, with the fit test being on back order, which we both know are back order okay. or lack of, or if, what are the safest steps, even though somebody cannot be fit tested for them? Right now, what are the safest steps for a team member or a dental assistant or team, shall I say, to have the medical clearance, the written protocol on file if OSHA was to come in, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what we're trying to do right now is develop that good faith effort. So if OSHA was to come in, then you would say, okay, well, at least we have an interim plan because this is what we know right now and it could change right. in a month or two. As, and, I, and that will change perhaps, I'm guessing perhaps, once more research is done on COVID-19, and um, vaccinations become available, and other things that could that could that could change our landscape mm -hmm. a little bit. That's like you know, kind of shifting the dominoes around. 
Right. So having a good faith effort would be like you said, having the respirator protection uh, policy, even if it's an interim one, right. having the medical evaluations to show that you've been cleared to wear that and then do some type of training. Maybe you can find someone um, in, the, in your community or some online videos. 3M has resources where you yes. can just videos. And I would stick to the ones like that are regulated like that, that come from industry, you know, industry known experts, the giants. 3M is very good. And I've been talking to their industrial hygienists. I've been reading a lot of their publications. But that way you can at least figure out, okay, how do I don it? How do I doff it properly? So when it's coming off and it's contaminated, um, you know, how do I dispose of it? You know, how do I handle it? And for the doctors, because if they're going to stop in the middle of a procedure, like they've always done to go do a mm -hmm. hygiene, this is a big change for them. So can I show right. you some with the dental assistant? Sure. So one thought is, and I'm going to use an analogy that of um, a surgery center, because I have some experience with those clients. So we all can think of, like we see on TV, the surgeon walks in, they've washed his and her arms up to the elbows, and they walk in with their arms up. And then the surgical assistant helps them gown up. Right. I think our doctors can get on their own PPE just fine. But <laughs> when it comes time to take it off and go check the hygiene patient, here's where they may need your help. Because if they're going to come back to that same patient, they could use the same gown. Right. So if it's, if it's a disposable gown that ties in the back, then perhaps the dental assistants, you could, you know, de-glove, um, untie their jacket, maybe roll it over the shoulder a little bit. So then the doctor can finish taking it off, turn it wrong side out and hang it up. You know, mm -hmm. so then it can come back and put it back on. So I'm just thinking like a little of assistance like that. And there may be other things that people will think of. And once they get back to work, I want to definitely hear some tips on, on your web page, on your, your, your Facebook page, Julie, because I'm excited to see. Yeah, how I mean, that's what we were talking about today was just slowing down. Mm -hmm. And in, in, you know, as one that works in front, it comes from the front. Yeah. As front office, you know, we really have to speak up and say, we can't just shove patients in there and pack the schedule. Why we understand that we haven't been at work. I mean, and now New York has closed schools until the end of the year, uh, mm -hmm. till whenever, next year, September. So I, do I think we're going to go back May 15th? Mm, I have a really hard time thinking that. Um, so it's really now is the time if our New York, where I'm at, is teams to get together and practice putting these things into place and just slowing it down a little bit because mm -hmm. I'd rather be slow than, you know, jump right ahead. So, you know, it's, it's good. And, and we'll get all these resources together for you, but it's, um, it's just not a one size fits all mask. It's just not watch where you buy. And if there's a lot of fakes and phonies out there, um, and stuff, and you just really have to be uh, more cautious of what you're putting on your face and what you're using to make sure that it works for you. And I think one of my last tips would be, Julie, just go back to that collaborative conversation with everybody on the team. And I think that's where I would leave them with all this great information. So, yeah, well, thank you so much, Linda, for being on today and give us all your expertise and face masking, because there's so many questions and it could make your head spin sometimes. And I just want to make sure everybody has it. So I appreciate you being on and we'll see you soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of DA Rockstars. Thank you, Linda Harvey, for educating assistants and, and giving us all probably the answers to the questions we've had in this episode. If you guys want to take the respirator 
medical evaluation. The link is in the show notes for you to do that online. Jules Varney, Dental Assistance Rock, Instagram, Facebook, website, DA Rockstars, Instagram, Facebook, and as always, find your tribe. Dental Assistance Worldwide Group is where we're at. But until next time, keep on sectioning.